Now, brothers, about the times and dates that we do not need to write to you. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labour pains on a pregnant woman and they will not escape. But you, brothers, are not in the darkness, so that this day should not surprise you like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the light or to the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that, whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other's up, just as in fact you are doing. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Ruth. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you that we're able to meet this morning uh, after such a, a great celebration last night. And we thank you, Lord, that you're here with us. Touch us with your Holy Spirit this morning. Amen. Right. Who's good at history? Oh, that's good. <laughs> Birmingham, 21st of November, 1974. Yeah, the, the pub bombings. Yeah, very good. I was 17. I was just three months into my first job, and I was at the training branch in Birmingham. So... The thing I remember most about that day was being totally embarrassed because my mum had phoned up to make sure I was okay. <laughs> Lover. So, but it was a tragedy for all the families and friends of those people that died. More recently, is another one for you, 7th of July, 2005. Yeah, the London bombings, that's right. Around this time, I think it was after the, the bombings, probably a week or so afterwards, uh, our son Alexander was flown back from Kazakhstan where he'd been working for um, Tear Fund. Our journey to London in the car was one of worry, concern and a bit of nervousness. What were we likely to see? Luckily, nothing. More recently... Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the horrors of war here and in Israel, stabbings in broad daylight, gang warfare, muggings. But how does that make us feel? Um, sad is probably the, the first um, 
emotion I would have, but horror, grief, fear, anxiety, helplessness, anger, and sympathy for the victims. So why do these things happen? Politicians, governments, TV commentators, the man in the street all seek to give an explanation for these acts of violence. Unfortunately, we know the ultimate answer is that sin and destruction is in our world. How many people die needlessly in violence from these individuals, gangs, terrorists, despots and tyrants? All the result of a sinful act. Each death is personal and individual to the person who dies and to their family and friends. So what's new? Listen to what Jesus had to say in Luke 13. At this time, some people came to Jesus. They told him that Pilate had killed some people from the country of Galilee. It was while they were giving gifts of animals on the altar in worship to God. Pilate put their blood together with the blood of the animals. Jesus said to them, what about these people from Galilee? Were they worse sinners than the other, all the other people from Galilee because they suffered these things? No, I tell you, but unless you are sorry for your sins and turn from them, you too will all die. What about those 18 men who were killed when the high building in Siloam fell on them? Do you think they were the worst sinners living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you are sorry for your sins and turn from them, you too will all die. So here Jesus is dealing with two types of evil. The first one, an act of terrorism. And the second one, an act of tragedy. Terrorism is the evil that others impose on us, and tragedy is simply when bad things happen. I'm amazed that in both cases, Jesus doesn't actually um, at attack, wrong word, but he, he doesn't actually uh, go to the people that have created these uh, acts of terrorism or tragedy. He goes straight to the heart of the matter. So do some people suffer more than others because of their sinful lives, because they are worse, worse than others. Look around our world today. We see people apparently getting away with evil every day. Are the victims of terrorism or tragedy to blame for their own misfortune? Tragedy happens and terrorism is not a fault of the terrorised. Jesus forces the issue on the living, not the dead. He takes no time with the question why, because it's futile. The world is full of sin. Instead, he answers the what question. What can we do? If we cannot prevent terrorism or tragedy, at least how can we prepare for it? 
Jesus says this twice, Now I tell you, but unless you are sorry for your sins and turn from them, you too will all die. What's really tragic is that among the thousands that have died needlessly and senselessly, who will spend an eternity separated from God in a place called hell because they fail to say sorry for their sins and turn to Jesus for forgiveness and leadership in their lives. Tragedy happens. Terror is in inevitable. Death certainly is. So we must be prepared for it or if we're not careful, our fate will be the eternal separation from our God. We're all going to go. Where is our choice? Uh, as I was preparing for this, I, I read um, a really uh, old sermon, probably from the 1940s or 50s, and it was an American preacher who said, we're all going to go, some to the undertakers, and some to the upper takers. In today's reading, Paul talks about Jesus' return, when Christians will be taken to live with him in heaven forever. But he tells them that this will be unexpected, as a thief in the night. If you go on Google, and you type in predictions of Christ's return, you would be amazed at the amount of predictions in the past and also in the future. Obviously, none of the ones in the past have happened. And the chances are the ones in the future won't either. We might not know when, but we do know if. We know that it's certain. I'm going to read that passage again from Thessalonians. When they say everything is fine and safe, then all at once will, they will be destroyed. It will be like pain that comes on a woman when the child is born. They will not be able to get away from it. But you are not in darkness, Christian brothers. That day will not surprise you as a robber would, for you are children of the light and of the day. We are not of darkness or of night. Keep awake. Do not sleep like others. Watch and keep your minds awake to what is happening. People sleep at night. Those who get drunk do it at night. Because we are men of the day, let us keep our minds awake. Let us cover our chests with faith and love. Let us cover our heads with the hope of being saved. God planned to save us from the punishment of sin through our Lord Jesus Christ. He did not plan for us to suffer from his anger. He died for us so that dead or alive we will be with him. So comfort each other and make each other strong as you are already doing. And that's a slightly different version to the one that Ruth read. The passage is talking about uh, the return of Jesus. It won't be tragic or terrorising for those who have accepted him as Lord and Saviour, we should be looking forward to his return. Yet for those who are unprepared, whether it be death or Jesus' return for his children, it will be a terrible time. 
so we need to be prepared. Paul reminds his readers of several important facts. There's no peace or hope in our own provision. There's nothing we can do on our own to get into heaven. As believers, we shouldn't be surprised when sinful bad things happen because it's nothing new. Just because there is sin and wickedness in the world, we don't have to be controlled by it. We are children of the light and Jesus is the light of the world. We need to be prepared. We need to be on guard, alert and sober. Don't follow the ways of the world. Look to share the good news. Don't assume there's plenty of time. Put on the, uh, the body armour of faith and love. Faith is our confidence that Jesus is, uh, our Lord is in control. Love is the action we take based on that confidence. Faith says, God, you are in control of my life and I will obey you. You have forgiven my sin and I will follow you. Love is reaching out to others based on what God has done for us. Love says, in spite of who you are and what you do, I will share God's love with you. Wear the helmet of confidence in our salvation. God is big enough and powerful enough to save me no matter what the circumstances. It's, if it's his will that I leave this earth, I'm confident of my place with him in heaven. Body armour protects my soul. The helmet protects my thinking. So as a takeaway, we don't know when our life will end, but if your eternity is your security, you don't need to live without the hope of heaven. You can have confidence in your salvation. If your confidence is sure, then let your faith in Jesus allow you to reach out to others with his love. Paul finishes with, God planned to save us from the punishment of sin through our Lord Jesus Christ. He did not plan for us to suffer from his anger. He died for us so that dead or alive, we will be with him. So comfort each other and make each other strong as you are already doing. Amen. <laughs>